1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable. You hear that warm, beautiful sound? It doesn't sound as open as it has in the last couple episodes. I switched places again. Last time we spoke, I think I was in... Gosh, where was I? I've been in so many places. I think I was on the other side of Camps Bay. But since we last spoke, I spent the weekend in the Western Cape. I keep calling it the West Coast, and people here are like, we don't have a West Coast. Western Cape. The hotel I stayed at is about two hours outside of Cape Town, and it was gorgeous. It reminded me of the Hamptons, but like a quaint kind of Hamptons. It didn't have the big-ass houses like the Hamptons, but it had all the yachts. And it had these really cute cottages and not like cottages, like Gilded Age, quote and unquote cottage, like small homes, everything all white and right on the beach. It feels to me like a sleepy vacation town, but that's some people's everyday life. I had this really great hotel room that looked like a loft. It was a duplex and it opened right up onto the beach. It was absolutely gorgeous. I think the name of the town, Pasta Nostra, I think it's how it's pronounced. Really, really cute. But I came back to Cape Town this morning. I've been working with a tourism company based here in Cape Town. They do luxe tours of South Africa. So I've been running around with them since I got to Cape Town last Wednesday and we finished up this morning. And so now I'm in Cape Town and I'm on my own, looking forward to connecting with some really dope people that I met. Not last time I was here. The first time I was here. Last time I was here with my mom, I didn't get a chance to hang out with my friends. But no worries. I had really good time with mom. But, yes, yeah, so I'm staying at this really cute Airbnb in Point. It's kind of like central Cape Town, it's walking distance from a bunch of cute cafes. I walked to one of my favorite ones this morning, Sunny and Irene. And then upstairs is one of my favorite restaurants called The Nines. Beautiful views of Cape Town, especially the mountains. But it's walking distance from where I'm staying. I know someone right now is listening to this and was like, why are you giving us your location? Telling you I stay in Seapoint and it's walking distance to this, it's like telling you I live in Crown Heights. Like, it's mad crowded here. Tons of apartment buildings and tons of hotels. I promise I'm not giving my location away. But I got this real cute Airbnb. It's a loft, but it's very much a studio. It's much smaller than the hotel rooms I've been hanging out in. For the last few days, but super, super cute. It actually made me think, because, you know, I travel to all these different places. And I'm like, oh, I love it here. I want to get a place. Oh, I love it here. I want to get a place. And I was like, I've always been thinking about getting a two bedroom, but I was like, maybe i just get like a really cute studio with high ceilings and really good views. Maybe that's the move. But life is good. One of my friends who I was like paddling around with in um, Ghana over the holidays, was in Cape Town last week. Remember I told you about the guy who was traveling with his parents? And I met the parents and I fell in love with them both. And I was supposed to take the mom to the meat Mill concert in Ghana. But luckily that didn't happen because they started fighting and that would have been crazy. And then like the parents did New Year's Eve with us and they hung out until four in the morning. And the parents wore matching outfits and the mom was smoking hookah and they're both retired. But he's bopping around Africa as well. And he was in town, in Cape Town. So when I came in last week, I went straight to Stellenbosch to go to wine country. And he came out and met me. And we did the winelands for a day and then grabbed dinner. And then he came back here. And now he's off to Johannesburg. So I'll catch up with him again um, when I'm back in Johannesburg. Allegedly, next week, early next week. But I really like Cape Town a lot. So we'll see. But yeah, my life is good. Yeah. You know who else's life is good? Angel Reese, national champion, Angel Reese. I'm going to dedicate this podcast episode to the angel, the Reese. I think since I started this podcast in 2019, short of like when I'm interviewing someone and it's really good until we just have an interview for the whole episode. There have only been two other people that come to mind that I've dedicated an entire podcast episode to discussing what's going on with them. I didn't even do it for Jonathan Majors a couple weeks ago, even though there was so much to touch on. I'm saving that one until we get more details. The lawyer said that she also has video from the cab, and she said she had testimony from the cab driver. So I'm, I'm trying to wait on that to come out. She says that'll clear her client. I don't really know about that lady judgment based on the text that she put out that she thought would clear her client, which actually made him sound guilty. I'm trying to use my platform responsibly and have integrity and give an informed opinion. But the two people that I've dedicated a full episode of the podcast to previously were Will Smith after that incident at the Oscars. And I think Lori Harvey, and I might not even done the whole episode about her, but I think when Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan broke up, I called the episode Lori. I spoke about that situation at length. It's very rare that a singular... Incident or singular person can ignite so much conversation and hit on so many cultural, for lack of a better word, isms. Angel Reese, by virtue of leading her team, to this NCAA Women's Championship in basketball. You're not familiar if you're listening um, internationally. She made this hand gesture. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, hold up your hand like you're showing a toddler how much five is, right? And then turn your palm towards your face. The idea of the gesture is you're covering your face to say, you can't see me. Basically, you can't fuck with me. You're not able to do what I do. You can't reach my levels. The gesture that Angel Reese made is one that has most recently been popularized by another women's basketball player, Caitlin Clark, who plays for Iowa. In case you couldn't tell by the name in the school, she's a white girl. She's been making this hand gesture on the court in other games. She's a cocky mofo. And even though Iowa lost to LSU in this championship, by all accounts, this girl can hoop. Apparently, the white girl got sass and attitude and has much mouth. She backs it up. Not so much in this championship, but in general, the girl talks her shit and she backs it up. The Caitlin Clark girl has been talking her shit all season to the point that commentators noticed and wrote favorable articles about her doing this. You can't see me gesture and talking shit to her competitors. And they were like, oh, she's got so much attitude. Oh, she's got so much sass. She talks big shit, but she can back it up. It's real cute when she does it. At this championship, Angel Reese does this you can't see me move back to Caitlin Clark. She goes and finds her on the court after the team wins, and she does this gesture in her face. But so the same gesture that Caitlin Clark has been doing all season, and people think it's funny and it's cute Angel Reese goes and does the same thing. And all of a sudden, now the gesture is too much. Now it's unsportsmanlike. People don't just leave it there. It's too much. It's unsportsmanlike. They take it a step further. There's a very popular podcaster. He has thousands of followers. And he said that she was a classless piece of shit. A 20-year-old college student. A classless piece of shit. That's what he referred to her as. That's a quote. And then there was somebody else on Instagram It was somebody with a blue check, but that means nothing now because you can buy one. Somebody else called her. They were like, oh, she's out here. She's on the court acting like a juvenile delinquent. A juvenile delinquent? She's a student athlete enrolled in college. Is making this gesture criminal? How are we equating talking shit non-verbally at that on a basketball court, one with juveniles and two with delinquency? Like, How do we get criminal from that? It's because she's Black. It's actually not so rare that you get these examples of a black person doing something and a white person doing something. And there's a stark difference in how it's perceived. Remember Katrina, the flood in New Orleans. Do you remember folks were trapped in flood water? And for the first few days, nobody was coming to rescue them. You remember folks who were on top of their houses, begging to get picked up by helicopters? Like, it was a really sad situation. The folks who weren't able to leave New Orleans, for whatever reasons, a lot of them economic, folks had nothing. They found a local grocery store and were going to get supplies, food and such, so they didn't starve. When it was a black person, they would show a picture and they would say, oh, people are looting. And when they would show white people in the same city in the same water, getting the same food and medicine and other supplies to survive in a catastrophe. They would see the white people and they were like, oh, foraging for food. They would call the white people determined survivors. They recognize that this is a fucked up situation and people are trying to live. You're not stealing. You're not being a criminal. You're doing what you have to do right now to survive. Caitlin Clark, she shows her ass. She got a smart mouth. Again, she backs it up. That's all I ask. You're going to talk your shit, back your shit up. She does that. It's cute when she does it. The black girl does it. She's a piece of shit or a juvenile delinquent. That's crazy to me, but it's also very American to me. So when folks started criticizing Angel, people who had never said a word about Caitlyn Clark, folks spoke up and was like, hey, that's racist. And people are like, no, no, no. So the difference is, you know, she did it for an extended period of time and then Caitlyn did it like in the heat of the moment and so it makes it different. No, it doesn't. Another element to this situation is completely not lost on me that a lot of the people who are coming for, for Angel Reese are grown ass men, men who are old enough to be her father, men who for whatever reason don't recognize that this college student She's a 20 year old sophomore in college. Even if you think that she's done something wrong, even if you think her behavior and Caitlin's too, even if you think like doing this, you can't see me and shit talking on the court. Even if you think that that's unsportsmanlike behavior, none of it warrants calling a 20 year old girl a piece of shit or referring to her as a juvenile delinquent. I respect that she's over 18. I respect her grownness. And also, I still say, she's a kid, y'all. She's 20. Even if you think what she did is dead wrong, even if you think, like, women shouldn't behave like that, which is sexist unto itself, but it's like, y'all are talking about this young girl like she's a grown-ass man who's done something severely wrong. Did she stab someone? Did she beat someone? Was she violent with someone? Does she call somebody's mama out their name? She made a hand gesture you didn't like, and you call her a piece of shit over that. You call her a juvenile delinquent, like she's literally committed a crime because she made a hand gesture on a basketball court. She didn't roll up on a girl like she wanted to fight her. She didn't give her any fighting words. She didn't jump all up in her face and invade her personal space. She taunted the girl the way the girl has been taunting other people. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. You talked your shit. In this instance, you couldn't back it up. Somebody who did is doing unto you what you've done unto others. She matched the girl's energy. The fuck is wrong with people? You know, while I'm asking the what the fuck is wrong with people question, I need to, I need to speak directly to my alma mater, the University of Maryland. Apparently, Angel Reese was once a player for the University of Maryland She had a foot injury, I think. Maybe she broke her foot or something. She went to Maryland as the number two female basketball player in the country. And then the coach at Maryland benched her, and she left and went to LSU. And I was like, yo, fam, we fumbled a national champion? Really? Boosters? Coaches? President? What are we doing over here? Terrapins, we fumbling national champions now? This is very Unterrapin-like. You're supposed to fear the turtle. This, this, just, we, we had someone people would fear. We gave her up to LSU. I said something about that online the other day. People were like, we got her. She good. You ain't got to worry. You ain't getting her back. Okay. I get it. We fucked up. I get it. I get it. You know who else fucked up? <laughs> first lady, Dr. Jill Biden. Apparently, she was at the championship game the other day. She's a huge fan of women's basketball. Great to hear. I say this to somebody who likes Dr. Biden. She don't really stir the pot too much. She don't really come outside a lot. She has a very muted platform. I believe she's still working, like officially like working. Not it's like, oh, I'm doing first lady duties, but also like, no, nah, I had a job. And it's real nice that you ran for president and won, but I'm still going to work. Fine. I have no issue with that. But apparently she went to the game. She had a great time. Obviously she knows about, you know, the national... Is melee the right word? I'm trying to think what's the correct word. Shit show, perhaps? Over Angel Reese and this hand gesture and people overreacting. I think that's important to say. Overreacting and being racist about this hand gesture. So traditionally, when a team wins a championship... The team is invited to the White House. The LSU wins. LSU gets an invite to the White House. For whatever reason, First Lady Dr. Jill was like, oh, you know what? LSU should come. And I think it was such a great game that Iowa should come too. Why? Fuck them kids. They ain't win. They don't get the prize. Folks was outraged about that too. I saw it on Tamika Mallory's page. Tamika was none too pleased. And when I read it, neither was I. And we weren't the only ones. Many people were non-pleased to the point that Dr. First Lady, I guess it was the chief of staff or was it the publicist? I'm looking it up now. They had to walk that back. They were like, yeah, I know we said what was going to happen about Iowa. She was really just, you know, thinking out loud and throwing stuff out there that that's not a go. Folks was hot over that. I was one of them. I was like, no, they didn't win. They don't get to go. Oh, this is the press secretary. The press secretary had to clarify. No, no, sorry. She misspoke. That's not going to happen. I'm reading this on CNN. (laughs) Quote, First Lady Jill Biden appeared to walk back suggestions that the White House might invite both LSU and Iowa's women's basketball teams after Tiger star Angela Reese called it, quote, a joke on Monday. Earlier today, I'm recording on Tuesday, 7.08 here in Cape Town. It said that the first lady's press secretary uh, sought to clarify Biden's comments earlier today. She said in a tweet, Dr. Biden's comments were, quote, intended to applaud the historic game and all women athletes. She looks forward to celebrating the LSU Tigers on their championship win at the White House. She ain't had nothing else to say about Iowa. So apparently, Apparently, they were kind of invited, or it was implied that they would be invited, and then everybody clapped back, and they were like, "So no, actually, y'all not coming no more." Which actually I kind of feel bad for Iowa. This championship has caused such a shit storm, but it's not the players on the Iowa team that have done anything. And as much as Caitlin Clark's name keeps getting mentioned and the hand gesture she made and the contrast between how people react to her versus Angel Reese, to my knowledge, Caitlyn hasn't done anything controversial. She made her little hand gesture. She talks her shit, but she hasn't done anything to actually antagonize this situation. And and in fairness to her, when Angel did the you can't see me all in her face, she paid her dust. She didn't get huffy. She didn't jump in her face. She took her L because her team lost. I actually feel a little bad for this young woman. I know people would be like, you don't need to feel bad with her. She's a white woman in America. Plenty of people are coming to rescue her. I understand that. I agree with that. And still, because she's also a student athlete, because she's also a college student who didn't ask for any of this extra bullshit. Like she showed up on a court to play. She played her heart out by all accounts. Her team didn't win. She's a great athlete. And now she's in the center of this gigantic drama of which she really wasn't a participant in. And a lot of people are putting stuff on her that she didn't do. Because she's the example. It's like, oh, well, when the black girl did it, it was bad. But when the white girl did it, you're treating the white girl better. Blah, blah, blah. She was just talking her shit to talk her shit. She wasn't trying to be involved in all this mess. That said, I don't expect her to do it. I think it's a big ass. She hasn't done anything wrong where she needs to step out and say something. But I really, really wish that she would and would just clear all this shit. I was reading this, um this story the other day on Facebook. I wish I had screenshotted it. There was a woman and she was writing about how she went to get her morning coffee at her regular coffee shop. And she said she was standing in line. She might've been on her phone or something, but she said this white guy comes in line and he just steps right in front of her. Like she's not even there in her head. When all these sort of like microaggressions happen, I'm sure everyone listening can relate. When something like that happens, you're like, okay, do you genuinely not see me? Are you doing this because I'm black? Are you doing this because I'm a woman? Are you doing this because you're just an asshole? You're trying to figure out how do I react to this? Do I let it go? Because I don't feel like being confrontational. I don't want to get into an argument. And clearly he's looking for some kind of confrontation because why else would you just step in line in front of somebody and treat them like they're invisible? And she said two of the people that worked at the coffee shop saw the whole thing happen. And she said she didn't even have to speak up. They saw her, they saw the man, they knew she was next in line. And so they were just like, hey, do you want your regular order of X, Y, Z? And she was like, yeah, I do. And then somebody else was like, okay, well, do you also want your muffin warmed up? Or are you gonna do something different today? And she was like, nope, just gonna go with the same I do every day. And they were like, okay, cool. So they just ignored what the man did. She didn't have to have a confrontation. She went ahead and got her muffin. Although this man tried to make her feel less than or invisible, Other people present stood in the gap so that she didn't have to have a confrontation and to let her know, literally, we see you, we see what happened here, and we're going to correct it for you. Even though he might have been trying to make a sexist or racist gesture, they covered the situation for her so she didn't have a negative experience. I kind of wish... And again, this is not on this other young girl, this student athlete, this newly 20-something girl. I do kind of wish she was standing the gap here and be like, hey, hey, y'all keep talking about me. My name keeps getting thrown around. Y'all did praise me for doing the same thing that she does. Y'all thought it was cute when I did it. And you don't think it's cute when the black girl does it. And it's really fucked up that y'all are doing that. She would kind of look like a national hero. I mean, to half the country. And it's just the right thing to do. She doesn't have to do it. And I don't think she will do it. But I would love to actually see her do it. You know, it's also really interesting about this whole situation. This hand gesture, Caitlin Clark got it from John Cena, who I had to look up. Because everyone was like, oh, yeah, John Cena. And I was like, oh, is he also a basketball player? He's a wrestler. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, she got it from John Cena. She got it from John Cena. And I was like, that gesture looks really, really familiar. I couldn't place where it came from. I was scrolling through the comments of a post about this whole incident on Instagram. Somebody was like, yeah, they keep saying this is John Cena. That's Tony Yayo. And I was like, is it, is it Yayo? And I was like, I kind of remember this. There's a G unit video. I had to go look it up. There's articles about John Cena doing this gesture. John Cena is even like, nah, I didn't come up with that. That's from Tony Yayo. Really? Every day is black history month. I swear. There were actually a couple good things to come out of this situation. One of them was Shaq going around the internet cursing people out, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Shaq was like, I got hundreds of millions, time, space, opportunity, and nothing to lose. I'm typing in Shaq's name. The first thing that comes up is worth $400 He don't give a fuck. He can curse anybody out. Shaquille O'Neal. Angel. Reese. This wasn't exactly what I was looking for, but People Magazine caught up with Shaq. They asked Shaq what what he thought about Angel Reese popping off. And he said, quote, when you're a champion, you're allowed to talk your shit. He said, talk your stuff because he was talking to people. You know, it's a family friendly publication. He said, talk your stuff. He meant talk your shit. He also said he talked to Angel yesterday. I believe this was after he was cursing out people online. He said he told her, hey, you're a champion. Enjoy being a champion and have fun. I appreciate that from him. Okay, people does have the story about Shaq cursing people out online. Keith Oberman was one of the people that came for Angel. He called her an idiot. Shaq responded to him on Twitter, "Shut your dumb ass up. <laughs> Leave Angel Reese alone." Reese reposted the tweet and said, "Yeah, Uncle Shaq, don't play about me. Period." <laughs> I love this chick. There was somebody else that he clean cursed out and I can't find the story. Oh. <laughs> he didn't curse him out. Dave Portnoy. Is that how you pronounce his name? You know, I ain't going to look it up. That's the one I was talking about who has um, a big platform. He's the founder of a media company called Barstool Sports. And he's the one that called Angel classless and a piece of shit, which that's, do you understand how wild that is? you may, you saw a college student make a gesture not even like the middle finger or something that's like known to be super offensive if you saw a college student make a gesture that you didn't like and you thought it was unsportsmanlike 20 year old girl, you're grown ass man with a whole media company and called the girl under your official page it wasn't even like his burner account called her a classless piece of shit Shaq went in his mentions and he said quote and so is your mother he <laughs> you don't give a fuck So obviously he gets called out about this and he uploads a video and he says that, you know, his comment had nothing to do with race. And the reason he made the comment, he said, well, Reese was following Clark for 15 seconds while doing the gesture. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Are are you kidding me? And there's a really specific reason I want to dedicate this episode to Angel Reese. One, because she's a champion, but also just as a black woman. I have on multiple occasions, especially in professional spaces, been overly criticized making minor mistakes on the job have been treated as gross offenses like I cost the company millions of dollars for making a typo on an in-house document or I'm trying to think like my first job especially and the woman I reported to wasn't even white but she just rode my ass so fucking hard I I didn't say good morning in a way that she found chipper enough. And so she decided that I had an attitude and I hated my job and I didn't want to be there. Like she created this whole narrative about me. And then she went to our boss, like a white guy who was really like, yeah, okay, like I I don't care and and I don't have time for that shit. Like go, go figure it out. Unbothered with the whole thing. But she really came for me like really, really hard. And I was like... I haven't done anything and I don't do anything different than the white woman who sits next to me all day. But somehow whatever she does is just fine and you have no criticism for it. If she makes a mistake, then it's literally just a mistake. If I make a mistake, it's the end of the fucking world. It's a crisis and now I need to be written up and I need to go sit and talk to the big boss. And I think a lot of black women have had that experience where it's like you've seen someone not black do the exact same thing that you do. Maybe they take an extra five minutes for lunch and nobody cares. Maybe they take an excessive number of vacation days, but you ask for one after three months and they act like it's the end of the world and you don't want to work because you want to take a vacation day that you've earned. There's so many petty injustices, microaggressions, I guess is the word most often used for that. But so often people make living while being a black woman, just a real uphill battle. And when I say people, I definitely mean white folks, but I also mean black men. And I also mean sometimes other black women. But it's like I see the world like piling on this young girl before she even gets a chance to like really feel herself. She's 20 years old. And yes, she's a national champion. And as far as what she's trying to do with the level she's at, like that's the best she can do. That's the biggest she can be. But she's still a 20 year old girl, young woman. She has so much potential and there's so much more ahead for her. I would guess that she wants to go to the WNBA to be bigger than Brittany Griner because she was the reigning superstar of the WNBA before the whole Russia incident. We're going to see when she comes back next season if she still has it. I hope she does. But this girl has big plans and big dreams and big ambitions, and she's realizing them. This is really her first real taste. And it's being overshadowed by something so petty and so stupid and also so common athletes talk shit to each other. It just is what it is. You want them to be dainty? This ain't the time. Their goal is to be the best athlete they can be. And when you're supercharged, when you're feeling yourself, when your ego is raging because you're playing at the top of your game and you know you're that chick, yeah, you're going to talk a little shit sometimes. It's it's healthy. It's normal. It's good. But this girl, she's just getting her first little taste of like her dreams. And then there's a national conversation trying to convince her that she should diminish herself, that she should change herself. And God bless whoever has been in this girl's ear. She's from Baltimore. They up the street. You know, I'm from Maryland, but I, I'm on the PG County side. Baltimore is a little different. And I mean, different isn't different. Not different isn't bad or good. I mean, just different. They know they different. But God bless the circle in the family in Baltimore who's spoken into this young woman because she's, a, she's the center of this national controversy. Some people would be crushed by this. And she's still popping her shit. They asked her at a press conference. I'm not going to read it to you. I'm going to play it for you because I want you to hear her. This is for everybody that doubted. This is for the girls that look like me that said that they can't do this. Y'all told me to comment down. Y'all criticized me all year. I'm her. I'm telling y'all I'm the you Barbie, period. I was critiqued about who I was. Nobody, I don't, the, 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 the narrative I don't fit the narrative. I don't fit in the box that y'all want me to be in. I'm too hood. I'm too ghetto. Y'all told me that all year. But when other people do it, y'all don't say nothing. So this was for the girls that look like me. That's going to speak up on what they they believe in. It's unapologetically you. And that's what I did it for tonight. This was for the more than... It it was bigger than me tonight. It was bigger than me. Twitter is going to go in a rage every time. And I mean... I'm happy. I feel like I've helped grow women's basketball this year. I'm super happy and excited. So I'm looking forward to celebrating in the next season. God bless her. I have tears in my eyes as I say this. I'm so happy that she has a support system. I'm so happy that before she got to this moment that people have poured into her. So that when this situation came, which nobody really could have predicted, but when it came, she was equipped. She's clearly supported. She's clearly surrounded by love. She's clearly been poured into so much so that she has some left to pour into others. I think she's an amazing, remarkable, resilient young woman to be 20 years old and withstand this like national firestorm that she's the center of and still stand tall, to still be happy, to still have a smile on her face and to still be like, I'm unapologetically me. I'm a role model and I'm a national champion. Y'all know how I feel about these quote-unquote underdog girls who stay winning. But there are just some women who just, something about them, their strength, their outspokenness, their voice usually. Sometimes it's just their presence or how unapologetically they move, Lori Harvey. But there are some people that just like the culture just, just comes for. And It's like they berate these women and it's like they want them to break. They want them to shatter. They want them to be voiceless. They want them to be quiet. They want them to be defeated. I'm thinking about Sierra. I'm thinking about Aisha Curry. I'm thinking about Jada Pinkett Smith. People used to love them some Jada until Jada got her platform and started talking and people were like, we don't like her no more. People literally stopped liking the woman, had loved her for 25 years and stopped liking her when she found her voice. Lori Harvey barely speaks. She just got the nerve to be a 25 year old who actually dates, God forbid. But no, there's just certain people that the, the world just seems to have it out for. And sometimes in my own little bubble, that's what being me feels like. Cause there are some days where folks just, it just seems like the world is just coming from my throat. And I'm like, what did I do? What have I done? There are people that stand in the gap and stand up for me. And so I try to use my platform when I can. To do it for other women. I'm really proud of national champion. VMF Angel Reese. I'm proud that she led her team to a championship. I'm proud that she's from Maryland. But more important. I'm proud that she's in the middle of this national firestorm. And she's weathering it. In a way that people twice her age. And then some. Probably couldn't. God bless her. And God bless the family that poured into her. That wasn't by accident. Sis clearly got praying grandmothers. Praying aunties praying sisters, cousins, teammates, friends. A lot of folks have prayed for her. You can just listen to her and tell. That's the podcast for today. We'll be back next week. Um, Allegedly, your president is turning himself in today. I got to get the podcast in on time today. But if it does happen tonight. Oh, wait, wait. I just refreshed. Rolling Stone has a story. Former President Trump has been arrested. Fuck. You know how embarrassing this is? I'm reading on Rolling Stone. This was just updated. It said the former president turned himself over to authorities in Manhattan on Tuesday after a grand jury voted to indict. I always say indict the same way Rick Ross does. The indictment is sealed, but reportedly includes over 30 charges believed to center on allegations that the former president, this is so messy, falsified business records over the course of arranging a hush money payment to porn star Stormy Daniels. He did this shit while married. People be like, get get married, get married. You'll never get married. Do, do I, do I want to be again? I'm not sure. I don't think all men ain't shit, but it's a lot of them in the public eye to seem not to be. Hopefully the ones in private are acting better because the ones in public, they're not doing so good. They said Trump flew from Mar-a-Lago to New York City in preparation for his arrest. They said he waved his supporters upon exiting the motorcade to enter the courthouse on Tuesday. I'm quoting Rolling Stone, who says, quote, It is a moment for the history books, as it's the first time a former U.S. president has faced criminal charges and the prospect of jail time. He is expected to plead not guilty at an arraignment later today. I'm still reading from Rolling Stone. They're sourcing themselves. They said yesterday we reported (laughs) Trump wanted to turn his booking into a spectacle. According to a source, they said it's kind of a Jesus Christ thing. Easter is coming up on Sunday. I'm sure that reference is intentional. The source says Trump is saying I'm absorbing all this pain from all around, from everywhere. So you don't have to. is not that a Jay-Z line. Hove did that so you don't have to go through that. Which I guess is like a reference to Jesus. Never mind. This is ongoing right now. What time is it in America or East Coast America? It's 1.46 p.m. They're going to be updating this throughout the day. I wish I could get news about the Trump arrest into this podcast episode, but I've got to get it in and get it edited. We'll talk about Trump's arrest. And I had thoughts about Wanda on Snowfall. Remember I said I think Wanda's going to survive? And the actress that plays her is getting a spinoff on the network. And I was like, they're not going to do a whole episode about Wanda working at a shelter. And I was like, I think Leon's going to die. And I think Wanda is going to take over his drug operation. And she's going to be to snowfall what little Mo is to your honor. And then I was thinking about it the other day. And I was like, what if the spinoff is Wanda goes back to Ghana? I don't think she would go back to Ghana and sell drugs. But I think Wanda in Ghana is actually a really good idea. I know an exec at FX who's West African. And who's really interested in telling West African stories. And I was like, I wonder, I wonder if that's what Wanda's spinoff is about. Eh, I'll watch either way. All right. That's the episode. I'm going to edit. We'll talk again on Friday, y'all. Bye.